0: Welcome back to another episode of Generally Assembled, the budget hearing editions. You know, we are here uh, in the conclusion of the second week of budget hearings with uh, Neil Lesher and Representative Jesse Topper, and uh, another uh, great week uh, of transparency and accountability for the administration and Pennsylvania's fiscal responsibility, right guys?
1: <laughs> well, listen, I, I think what we what we saw this week was, t- to a certain degree, a continuation of, of the first week. However... There were some more specific issues that really highlighted things that that we've been talking about for quite some time. And the minority chairman, Chairman Bradford, uh, every time he was at the end of, of these debates, he kind of kept bringing up at the end of the questioning, I should say, about how, oh, look, uh, Republicans are just coming to this this realization, for instance, of what was going on in, in Russia, between Russia and U- Ukraine. And our, our hearts and prayers go out uh, to the Ukrainian people, and, and as we see what we can do. But more than just hearts and prayers, there are actually concrete actions that we can take. And when we had the Department of Environmental Pref- protection in in front of us, we talked about that. We talked about energy security and and that it really relates to national security and how pro-energy policy can, can equate to national security. That is not something new. That's not something Republicans started talking about this week in the budget hearings. We have been talking about that for years and years and years. Now we're seeing the effects and, and, and kind of what we we had in mind when we were talking about if you can get your own energy out of the ground and you can use that to source your power grid and you don't have to rely on foreign entities how much safer you can be not only can you be safer but we could also be an exporter of things like natural gas and I think uh, you're seeing you're seeing now highlighted why that's important and uh, even that was able
0: to come out in the hearings this week well, I've never seen a uh, conversation turn from the Pennsylvania budget to Ukraine so quickly. But while we're there, <laughs> um, you know, I think uh, we've we we talked about this week and, and um, you know, the, the majority leader was speaking at the press club this week. And one of the things he got out before the March on Harrisburg crowd uh, made fools of themselves uh, was the fact. And, and, and I think it's a very good point, which is Pennsylvania, much like our founding fathers, uh took in uh, when when they founded the United States can once again export a new brand of freedom using the very natural elements under our feet we can make our allies and our country more secure with Pennsylvania natural gas and that will lead to look Europe is the number one importer of energy Uh, 40 percent of their natural gas comes from one place you know where that is Russia Russia Russia. yeah 40 percent of all of Europe's the way they heat their homes the way that they turn the lights on, the way that they uh, cook their food, is dependent upon cheap natural gas from Russia. And, and again, this is not
1: the first time Representative Benninghoff or anyone has mentioned the, the, the idea that this was brought up at the press club this week. This is not new. No, it's not new. And, and, well, and this has been a this has been a policy initiative of. Republicans
2: throughout the country and this is why it just highlights it. But our current state of affairs is a self-inflicted wound, you know, from President Biden all the way down to blue state governors. Um, You know, just two years ago, we were a net exporter of energy and now we're back to being a net importer, um, including Russian oil and natural gas. And you have states like New York, which has banned any new pipeline uh, construction through their state, uh, which is specifically blocking Pennsylvania natural gas from getting up into the New England markets and even into the New York market. And there have been uh, cases in the past where there's a Russian flag ship, you know, sitting in the bay uh, uh, in Boston waiting to offload liquefied natural gas. Um, well, And it's shameful. And And
0: actually, I was reading just before I came down here that to the extent that Pennsylvania or to the United States imports uh oil and uh, other petroleum products from outside of the, the country russia is the number one importer of energy products into the united states so to the extent yeah. that we need to go outside of our borders uh, and and actually uh just before we started recording this the governor sent clap back at uh the environmental resources and energy committee for sending him a letter telling him he needs to do everything he can to, to increase pennsylvania gas and energy production in the wake of what's going on in ukraine saying actually we don't import that much Russian natural gas basically calling it fake news uh, when literally it's the 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 mainstream media who is the one or the one screaming about the fact that we import so much Russian energy supply if you just look at the governor sites the US Energy Information Agency the US EIA has a chart that shows actually in the four years uh, before Joe Biden became president uh, Russian imports of natural gas and energy products were at an all-time low then Joe Biden gets in office and it spikes Mm-hmm. Um, this is absolutely ridiculous. We are more reliant on Russian energy sources than we have been almost at any other time in our our, our history. And, and the reason this relates to the budget, uh, to yeah, bring, yeah, it, back bring to where, it back to All where we start. Yeah, because, I'll is talk because about this for the next no, no but
1: but the reason the reason because you said about the transit The reason this relates to the budget is the governor's proposal is an example of his priorities. That's what it is, and that that's really what the budget of Pennsylvania always is. This is this is what we feel are our priorities as state government. And never before, at least in my lifetime, um, maybe as you go, well, as you go back to when I was younger and and probably the first Iraq war, when when you look at what's going on globally, it highlights it, but it didn't start it. It didn't start. We've, we've been having this conversation now for quite some time. And, and once again, the governor's budget has given us the ability to look and see what his priorities are. And guess what? As we heard from DEP and what they're asking for money for, it is not deregulation. It is not allowing more of our energy producers to produce. Mm-hmm. It is not allowing us to get more natural gas out of the ground. It's not allowing us to expand pipelines. It's for things that are just the opposite, things that will actually prohibit us from doing that. And that's why these budget discussions are so important because it really does set the public policy for what we need. So what you're saying is Putin didn't
0: start the fire. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> no, no, he uh, did. Listen, you just want to hear that music clip. <laughs> let, me, let, me tell, look, let me tell you something. Let's not forget, by the way, let's not forget, and I, I'm not just in the business of assigning blame, although I think I'll assign a little bit bl- of blame here. Okay. If, if everybody recalls, Mitt Romney said in a in, during yep. the presidential debates, he said at one point that Russia was the biggest geopolitical f- threat facing uh, the world, right? Right. President Obama was roundly, you know, praised for being such a cool cat when he when he challenged Romney and said the 1980s called and they want their foreign policy back and was very flippant. Under the Obama administration is when Putin really began uh, to to get this this power and, and even at times he wasn't even I think he was the the you know defense minister or something for a while when he took his little break. Yeah. But all of that time was when
0: was really leading up to this. This is not something that just happened, you know, a few weeks ago. Yeah. And and look, I I think it's incumbent upon us seriously to do all we can to once again. I mean, this is this is something that that has been uh, news for a very long time. It hasn't been something that we've needed to beat the drum on as much because actually under President Trump, when we had an ally in the White House that understood the power that this can have in the foreign relations field, You know, natural gas production in this country is up 45% and Joe Biden's first year only increased 2%. That is an abysmal failure of leadership, shutting down the Keystone XL pipeline, uh, removing the sanctions against Nord Stream 2 and putting your head in the sand. I think one of the things that Mitt Romney said that was great when this whole thing started and not to make this a Mitt Romney program, but was that when the invasion of of Ukraine started, he said the 1980s called and we didn't pick up. That's right. right. That's right. And 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 it's it's a monumental failure for this country to lead on the global stage because we cater so much to uh, this false narrative that America needs to be better about its environmental policy. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, There was a very good article in The Hill this week that outlined a 2017 report from the director of national intelligence that said Russia is so concerned about the fact that we have such abundant natural natural gas and energy resources here in the United States that RT, the Russian government's uh, English language propaganda channel that that airs here, uh, almost all they do is run anti-fracking programming. Mm -hmm. They fund environmental groups in the United States that then fund Democrat interests. Um, That's because they want us to do exactly this. Um, Once again, Democrats are buying hook, line, and sinker uh, a Russian narrative that further sows division in this country and makes us and our allies less secure and this is why
1: in my opinion these hearings these kind of hearings are so important this is this is the one time that we really have the ability to bring to light uh, what this administration stands for uh, what the secretaries stand for what the governor himself stands for what their priorities are and i
2: think we've been able to accomplish that over over the past couple weeks so um Speaking of not picking up the phone, (laughs) has anybody tried to call an unemployment call center lately?
1: Oh, I tell you what, having uh, labor and industry before us again, um, we all heard it. We all heard all of our district offices have been overrun. I mean, essentially our staff could be working for labor and industry at this right. point, the the amount of work that, that they've done. And we all know the the sob stories that are out there, and, and they're true. I mean, they're actually happening. Here's what I'll say. When I talked a couple years ago when this started about we can't trade one public health crisis for another, this is what I was talking about. This is truly a humanitarian crisis in many ways with the ability of people not to sup- be able to support their families, not be able to buy groceries for their kids, not be able to pay the mortgage. And the reason for this was not COVID-19. I want to be very, very clear about that. COVID-19 as I said on the floor has the ability to do one thing make people sick and many of those sick people unfortunately died as well but that's what COVID-19 could do COVID-19 did not shut schools down COVID-19 did not shut businesses down did not tell people they could not go to work did not tell people they could not make a living that was this administration and back when we were vote taking vote after vote after vote to reopen this economy this is what we were looking to avoid Again, this is not Monday morning quarterbacking anything. We were out front saying, you cannot do this. You are creating a crisis that is beyond what you have here with COVID-19, and we did. And look, Secretary Barrier and the Department of Labor Industry is now having to deal with that, and they are simply incapable of doing
0: it. And I think that was demonstrated time and time again through the line of questioning. You know, I have a really high Monday morning quarterback rating. I'm, do you? I'm, yeah, I'm. I'm like the Tom Brady or like, of, is, of Monday Morning Quarterback. Really as, as, communications, as, a, as a communications professional, that that's essentially our job, right? That's it's right. The Monday right. Morning Quarterback, everything. Right. So yeah. We get paid for but it. But yeah, we. Yeah. But you.
1: But you can both <laughs> agree because you were here at the time. We were. We were doing the real quarterbacking. We were saying, "Look, oh, yes. this yes. is
2: what is going to happen if you do this." And guess what? this is what happened. I mean we were one of the few legislatures in the country that was actually meeting during the early stages of COVID in 2020 and we were doing it because we were sticking up for Pennsylvanians you know we had an autocratic governor standing who did, up for taxpayers st- st- <laughs> well yeah, Pennsylvania taxpayers so let's go with that um, <laughs> you know we, we had this autocratic governor that was trying to take all the power for himself and you know we almost immediately said we're not gonna let that happen and we're gonna stand up for our constituents we're gonna stand up for the people of the state and we're going to fight to to get it open again, and we did. I mean, I think we were in session thirteen straight weeks in a in a row.
1: We did, but the damage was still done in many ways. And there's not the there is not an amount of money in the world that could go into fixing the debacle that is our labor and industry uh, system right now, and, and the unemployment compensation system because it was simply overrun with a large i mean I, I all i can picture is you know like the the rhinos in the african desert Are there rhinos in africa i don't or know I we just... we're just
0: talking about mitt romney
2: okay <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh whoa
1: well, we were being so nice to him so in. you know as they're as they're absolutely you know stampeding like that's what it was like for for this department there was a stampede of people who needed unemployment yeah. why because they had no jobs to go to and and there was no way that there was any amount of money that was going to be able to get them ready for it and unfortunately it's it's been a disaster and of course that was highlighted uh, as well through the hearings
2: one of the other uh, themes that i think is coming out of these hearings is just how like unfamiliar a lot of these cabinet secretaries are with components that because are because all of them the started
0: their jobs like 2 months ago after <laughs> the actual secretaries well, well, well
2: but <laughs> no, no, no no there's
0: that <laughs> the,
1: the, but let me tell
2: you something none of these people just came in
1: cold that a lot of them were the actual bureaucrats. They, they probably know more than the secretaries who left because they've been at these departments for a lot longer. I mean, they are truly the lifelong
0: bureaucrats. Yeah, well, we, we always realized that the Wolf administration onion was uh, uh, rotten from the uh, from the surface, and we always wondered why, because, you know, so, sometimes you think that this is just the top-level political appointees. But now that we've peeled back the layers to the onions where you have the bureaucrats now as the head of the departments, we find out that this thing was just rotten from the core.
2: Well, you know, we start. You know, we started the, the budget hearings with the Secretary of OA, who wasn't even familiar with his own line item. In fact, I, in fact, got turned around to the staff that was sitting behind, do you know what line item they're talking about? Yeah, get, what budget? Budget? What
0: budget? <laughs> we no, have a budget. We have a budget. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's almost like out of an episode of
2: Veep. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, so an OA source tells me that uh, after the hearing, the secretary went back to his home. You know, work studio or wherever he's working from, and sent a department-wide email asking if anybody was familiar with the light item he was being sure about, <laughs> which was of course his his light item.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, no, well, why the, are we continuing to fund GGO? Because <laughs> what the theme,
1: the theme that the governor has touted has been government that works, jobs that pay, schools that teach. What we have, what we have put on display over the last few weeks is this is not a government that has worked. It has actually eliminated many jobs that pay, and next week when the Department of Education comes, we're going to talk a little bit about the schools and, and how that teaching's going. Yeah, but I mean, the ones they wouldn't
0: let open. Absolutely, yeah. And, and, and then and withheld test scores. It's Still withholding test scores. Yeah. They said they're supposed to be released earlier this week. Now they're delaying until Friday. Friday, uh, which,
1: by the way, anybody who watched the West Wing knows, Friday's the day where you dump all the bad news. Right. Yeah. Right?
0: right? Well, if my high Monday morning, Monday morning quarterback rating, that's something I know as well. Yeah, that's, that's right. That news Tell Friday. me. Tell me I'm not the only one that watched West Wing. No, uh, no I did when the yeah. West Wing was reasonable, and, you know, you could still, you know, it was... Uh, it, it was, was a, a good show. Time. It was a different time back when. The yeah, West it, was a, was right. it was a
1: different time, but and it, look, I mean, yeah, it was a. It had a, a democratic bent to it, but I always thought it treated the issues fairly well. I mean, I don't know that they could do that TV show now, but I, I you know, as a guy who was involved in politics
0: at a young age, I, I, got into the West Wing. Yeah, I mean the West the West Wing is. so so I think what you have on the scale of Politico TV, political TV shows, you have like the West Wing, which is like the idealized uh, version. You have. Uh, Boss and House of Cards, which are like <laughs> the rough, the rough, the rough and tumble world right, of politics, right. and then you have Veep, which is actually what politics is like. Right, so it's right? hilarious. Uh, yeah. right. It's pretty <laughs> much a true distinction. Yeah, which, which I've, I've actually well, only... a reason it's on top of my mind is I actually started watching Veep recently. Right. And usually, I like to watch TV to de-stress. When I'm watching Veep, I find myself white-knuckling the recliner and. <laughs> um, uh, going through my uh, whiskey a lot quicker than normal because it feels like it's so true to life. Wait,
1: well, and there isn't this there's new show, The Mayor? About oh the yeah, Mr. Mayor. Mr. Mayor, of, Mr. mayor oh, also, the, also also
0: kind of the, the parody of politics, and, right? And my my wife loves to watch it because she thinks I'm Bobby Moynihan, who's the communications director for the mayor. She goes, really? She what? goes, is that what you do all day? I'm like. Yeah, but eat, eat food and look like a fat-bearded goofus?
2: Yeah, basically. <laughs> well, what about, how about the, the communications director in Veep? Because he's one of my favorite characters. I, I have to ask, since you're a communications director, do you have a fake dog that you use to get out of work uh, after work
0: events? No, I actually have a real dog who my Ooh. wife does a great job of taking care of, especially since I brought the dog into the marriage uh, before uh, before we were married. So Is it, um, a, is it a bullshit zoo? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's actually half Chihuahua, half Jack Russell. His name's Quincy. Um, he's uh, he's fantastic. That, uh,
1: Representative Mako Zach Vaco finished. Uh, it was kind of a lighthearted mm-hmm. moment with labor and industry. Where uh, look, Secretary Barrier took a. It, it was a rough day for her, right? Yeah. Because of, of everything's gone on in that department. I'm sure people can go back and and find some of those uh, some of those clips. But uh, Representative Mako at the end said, uh, "Hopefully Puck is doing well. Puck is her." It's her dog, so you know, he found he, that in her bio and he, he worked out the in there. Yeah. He he read the bio. And look, I, I will it brings it to a point. These people are humans, right? And they have a job to do. And I think we talked about that a little couple weeks ago. They they have a job to carry the governor's water, and that is not an easy job uh, considering how things are going right, right now. Especially with this governor. That's right. It's never an easy job, but it's especially, you know, not an easy job now. And and I understand that. But look, it's also the way that, that we speak through you know the our our people our constituents speak through us and this is how we get their frustrations across sometimes um all
0: right let's talk about TikTok. TikTok. hold on hold on here, there's a picture of my dog. Here's
2: Quincy. Aww, oh, see? look
1: at that! Yeah. Oh, what a little. Well, it's a light moment. Very interesting and story about how, him a
2: about how animal bullshit. About how
1: how he came
0: into my world, but that's for another sit- another day.
1: Another. We should, you know, I think we need to have a podcast devoted to your personal life. <laughs> Is there any? I mean, this has been. Could we schedule? Chuck, we'll schedule that. We're just going to come down. We it's going to be time, like a therapy. No, no, it'll be.
0: Uh, what a, give me? We s- could do the tour and Ecker. Did you know? But except about being bills, it's just, it's just about per- people's yeah. personal lives. Or
1: it could be like a, kind of a radio version of of Doctor Phil or some kind of therapist thing. And <laughs> Jerry Springer. Well, I <laughs> it could be that, that that crazy.
2: But anyway, go ahead. Judge we'll talk Judy. about we'll talk about TikTok. TikTok. So TikTok aspiring, on the clock. As- aspiring governor Josh Kesha. Shapiro. He's uh, announced that he's going to be suing TikTok for the damage that they impose on small children. Uh, Only fact. after exploiting small children for his own TikToks, right? Right. He's <laughs> to, he has a TikTok account. He's got a TikTok of him and some little kid running down the street, you know, announcing that he's running for governor. I'm ashamed
1: <laughs> to admit that I couldn't bring up a TikTok thing on my phone if you paid me right Jesse, now. Jesse,
2: you don't
0: even have Twitter. Well, I don't. TikTok doesn't even let you bring it up unless you're using the app. Right. Oh.
1: Yeah. My 15-year-old probably understands it.
0: I'm ashamed to well, admit that I use TikTok. I, I also think it's, it's it's typical Democrat politician nonsense to investigate TikTok over their mental del, allegedly deleterious mental effect on younger Pennsylvanians, while not mentioning anything about TikTok being an arm of the Chinese government.
2: Well, you know what's <laughs> ironic is, so, so now I, I know two politicians that wanted to get rid of TikTok, uh, Donald Trump and Josh Shapiro. So, <laughs> so they're, they're this oh, well, Trump, if,
0: if, if, if if no reason, yes. no, no wonder why Josh Pierre is trying to sue TikTok because if Donald Trump uh, had some interest in it, yeah, but it was like negative. It was right, negative it's interest. It's true. Well, no, it's just any interest. He's he just, should be defending. Uh, TikTok. Yeah, this is this is a yeah, this is a. If it's Donald Trump for Josh Shapiro, it's a free fire zone.
1: There you go. <laughs> well, it it should be interesting over the next couple uh, couple months. I mean, this is an election year. We have we have so many of these things happening, uh, you know, worldwide that we're looking at, and around the country. And then the president's State of the Union, which was. Did I, you guys watch that? It, yeah, my wife forced that me to was watch it. Painful. I, had no I mean,
2: he just—he it, it, it can't get words out. He, well, not as painful are, as Nancy Pelosi's little shimmy. It was like or, the sign
0: language for more. Or, or, to, like, or, or yeah. Chuck, yeah, or Chuck Schumer standing up. Oh,
1: that was—it was, was such—it was so bad. And and I'm, you know, I grew up watching State of the Union. I grew up You know, that's—I got into politics at a, a young age and. Um, you know, I was, I was always I always got like excited for those things. And now it's it's just it's I dread them and I watch them. I feel like because I have to uh, it, it's its does
0: anybody else feel that way? I mean, it was just not. Well, I've, I feel well, that way about government and politics generally, you know, what like sort of a similar story for myself is I, I really got into government and politics. Um, because when I first got a TV in my room, I would fall asleep. At 16 years old, when I first got a TV in my room, and I would fall asleep watching C-SPAN every night. I figured, mm-hmm. oh, it's kind of like white noise, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I was still scared of aliens when I was 16, so it was a nice nightlight without saying it was a nightlight. <laughs> I'm not so um, sure you're not still scared of aliens from uh, some of the things uh, I've heard. You know, all that Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Listen,
1: if I saw an alien, I'd be scared. That's true. I mean, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be right up front with you guys. Like, if if I see an alien, I'm gonna be a little shook. Um, what if you don't know if you're seeing one? I could be an alien. Are you saying Sk- you're an alien? Sk- <laughs> it's like men in black. <laughs> now I now I have that image in my head. The Neil actually underneath is
0: like in the human skin. There were like day 20 comebacks that came, came to at the same time. I, yeah, I know I couldn't
1: even go through them all.
0: But anyway, you were watching. Oh, C's anyway, found. I would fall asleep to it, and then you know I did that for years. And now that I work in uh, government and politics, and have been doing so for several years. Now, when I turn on C-SPAN or PCN and I try to fall asleep, I just am again so stressed out. You start arguing. Back. I can't do it. Well, <laughs> the good thing is C-SPAN has C-SPAN three, which is mostly history and book TV and stuff like that. So that's still good. Yeah. So that when my wife's out of town or my you know my family's gone and I have to have the TV on because I'm afraid of aliens, I can still have a C-SPAN alternative. I'm telling you.
1: I'm telling you. A, a podcast therapy session
2: <laughs> With Jason We could uncover a I, lot I mean we just learned That when his wife's out of town He watches C-SPAN 3 <laughs> yeah, i <laughs> know. Like, start to worry about this guy <laughs> Oh well
0: hey well, right. Like I said We know we, we know We hey, know if the you, truth if you, if you don't have a life From the beginning You don't know What you're missing out on there you go. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that's You know, that's a good way to end the podcast. All I right. think it's a great statement. Make it uh, a Well, t-shirt. no, I have, I have one. I have one. San Francisco or Pennsylvania. Oh, I okay. All right. Here we go. Gas has topped $5 a gallon for the first time in an American city. San Francisco. It's San Francisco. That it's, gives, it's coming for us soon.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, we're not that
0: far behind. All right. Well, we'll leave it at that. Representative Topper, Neil, I'm Jason. This is Generally Assembled, and you can find this podcast where all your favorite House Republican podcasts are found at com slash Uh Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, if we, uh, you gave us a shout-out, either, pri- either privately or in the World Wide Web, we uh, shout you out here now. I know there's a few of you who talked to me this week. All right. Actually, actually, it was Alex Halper from the Chamber. So, shout out for shout-outs?
2: Nice. Uh, yes. <laughs>
0: See Alex. Very, very good. Uh, all right. Well, that's uh, Generally Assembled for this week.